This is the part where I'm supposed to welcome you, right? Welcome to the quiet part, ladies and gentlemen. Fresh off the plane from Dominicana, looking like somebody's husband. Ocean breeze in Punta Cana. Wallet feels a little different, cause I don't even worry about it. Treasure storing up in heaven. Pirate maps can never find it. Never bury talents, man. I take them and I multiply. Investments always got excited. returned. And the Holy Spirit start doing stuff. I get too excited, I'm gonna knock that over. Usually I just have it right here. So look, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode three. Crazy. Three episodes. Feel like I've been here forever. That's a lie. This still feels very new. I don't really know what's going on. But super excited. In my hand, I got my water with my berry ice cubes. If anybody knows, when you come to my crib, this is a staple. Water with the berry ice cubes. So I wanted to introduce y'all and make y'all feel like you really in my crib. Make y'all feel like y'all really at home. Cause you are. You're here in my crib. Saying the quiet part out loud. We here. But I'm super excited. Um, it's just me. It's just me. And that's my fault. It's actually my fault. I was supposed to have a guest this week. And I double booked myself. I triple booked myself, if I'm being honest. This weekend was just chaotic. I was running on fumes the whole weekend. But God is good. We made it through. Um, but we will have a guest very, very soon. And hopefully more guests after that. We working on it. We working on it. But how y'all doing? I'm great. Uh, if you can see my lip. It's probably going to be covered with a mic. Uh, but I busted my lip yesterday at church. I busted my lip. I uh, I was trying to sort out some stuff for the production team. And the TV fell in and, and scraped my lip. And then I broke it. It hit my head, so I broke it. Um, I'm good, though. I'm good, though. This lip is healing fast because my God is a is a healing God of acceleration. Amen. Um, but we're here. And um, I'm so excited for today's episode. Um, because we're talk we're talking to the mandem. We're talking to the mandem. I'm ta- I'm talking to the men today. Now look, ladies, I'm gonna give you this disclaimer up front. This episode is not for you, but it might help you. Um the goal of this episode is men, we just gonna talk. We're gonna talk, we're gonna talk for real about some stuff that we don't usually talk about. All right. And I'm not talking about like you know, the stuff that you discuss with your good homeboys. I'm talking about the stuff you don't even discuss with them. The stuff that we keep hidden inside, okay? So we're talking about that. But ladies, this is my disclaimer to you up front. This episode is not for you, but it might help you. And it might help you see the men in your life in a different sort of light. Um, and I also want to make it very clear that I do understand the fact that um, a lot of this is self-inflicted. And a lot of this is... Um, from some of the societal and structural powers that be. A lot of this is on us. Probably all of this is on us. But I also just want you to understand that even though it's on us, we still need you and we still need your support. Um, And I'm not talking about as wives or as girlfriends or whatever. I'm just talking about as people and vessels who are called to love people as God loves us men need that love too. So this might help. This might help just shed some light on what really goes on inside of the brain of a guy. But look, man, them, come here. This episode is for us. This is for us. We doing some talking, okay? Um, this was inspired by yesterday. I was sitting at church and I was doing the stream sound. And... Uh, pastor was talking about fear and how fear manifests itself in a lot of different ways um, for a lot of different people and how it really is the opposite of love. Um, you know, the Bible says, for God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind, right? So love is really, love and fear are really going head to head, trying to, trying to war for your soul. And I felt like I was watching as pastor was preaching his message yesterday um, and inviting people to, you know, let down their fear. I watched men go to the altar um, and there was a lot of men at the altar crying, um, allowing themselves to be broken. Now I I need y'all to understand the context as well. This is a church that's probably like 75% women, like 75% of our, of our congregation is women. And that's reflected in our leadership as well. So to see, you know, 
the ABs, you know, the drummer, some of the some of the people who pastor holds really close um, at the altar kneeling and not just them, like just just men at the altar. It did something for me. Um, and I felt the Holy Spirit guiding me towards talking to, to the mandem. We're talking to the mandem because we don't talk. We don't talk enough. And I feel like there needs to be more conversations about what men are actually going through. And we're talking about the roots of stuff. This is not one of them episodes where I'm going to sit here and tell you how to find your wife. This is not an episode where I sit here and tell you how to be the alpha male and a provider of your family. This is the episode where we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, what kind of man do I want to be? And that's a crucial question every man has to ask themselves. What kind of man do you want to be? Also, who do I let define my manhood? Do I try to figure that out or do I put it in the hands of the creator? So for context into my life, um, you know, everybody has a story of when they realize they're not the man they they thought they were. Um, If you saw the last episode, I kind of explained my general testimony, but um, that was just explaining how I got back to, to Jesus. But the path along the way left me with a lot of damage because... Really, that story, you can look at it through a lot of lenses, but through the lens we're going to look at it today, it's the story of how this boy just longed to be in his father's arms and know who he is. That's really what my story is. Um, I always presented myself in ways that said I knew who I was, and that's because God kind of revealed who I was from a young age, but the minute I stepped outside of that, I forgot who I was. I forgot whose I was. And so that left me to go roam the world in a breeding ground of insecurity, in a breeding ground where demonic entities and whatever else could have their way and define who I am. Um, One of the most powerful things as men we can be is secure in our identity as sons of God. That is the most powerful thing we can be. Once you know you're a son, there's nothing that can shake you from that. And I'm not talking about reading the scriptures and being like, you know, therefore anybody who's called in Christ is... No, like, I'm not talking about like reading it and knowing... I mean like knowing it for yourself. Like having the revelation that you are a son of God is one of the most powerful things that you can do on this earth because a son of God causes damage. You want to know how we know that? Jesus modeled it, right? When Jesus got out of the, the water, it said... Uh, the first thing that God said was, this is my son who I am well pleased. Before he got sent into ministry, before he did any of his work, God affirmed his identity. God affirmed who he was. God said, you are my son with who I am well pleased. At that point, Jesus hadn't performed a miracle. At that point, Jesus hadn't died on the cross. At that point, Jesus hadn't done anything, but he was affirmed. His identity was secured. And out of his identity, he was able to walk in purpose. He was able to walk in purpose, right? But we live in a day and age where, you know, men are trying to define purpose and identity for themselves. And, you know, the world is not in a great place. The world is not in a spot where, you know, the future generations have something good to cling on to. We're trying to fight for them. And right now, it's just not in a good spot. It's scary. It's scary out here. It really is. Um, And it starts with us, like with the men. It starts with us, for real. We got to start taking the responsibility to change this around, right? Because God has given us that task. God has given us the task of being the leadership, of being the head. That, That wasn't earned by us. It wasn't earned. It was given to us, right? We did not earn the right to call ourselves the head. God could have made this however he wanted to, but he chose us as men to be the head. And so if we're going to be the head, we got to make sure it's screwed on straight. Because right now, as a collective unit, I'm not talking about you as an individual. I'm not attacking you. I'm saying as a collective unit, we aren't doing a good job. And we aren't doing a good job because a lot of us are running around and we don't know who we are. So I'm going to be talking about three specific topics in this podcast because I really feel like these three topics 
helped me in my journey to find out the type of man that I am. Now, here's the fun part about this. I'm at the point now where Jesus, right? Remember I mentioned that verse where I said, God, or he got baptized, came out, and God said, this is my son who I'm well pleased, right? I'm at that point right now in my life where I'm letting God affirm who I am before I ever do anything else, before I step into ministry, before I step into uh, a marriage, before I step into any of the things God has called me to do. I'm letting God affirm me because that's the first thing that Jesus got before he stepped into ministry. So I'm at that point. But there's three things that really helped me uh, in terms of the, the things that I learned about that helped me step into a new level of manhood and sonship, right? Number one was identity. Number two was submission. What was number three? What was number three? Oh, yeah, my fault, my fault. Number one was pride. Number two was identity. And number three was submission, right? Those were the three. My fault, my fault, my fault, my fault, y'all. I'm just excited. So we're going to talk about pride. Because pride for a lot of men, it's the most obvious thing you could see. Especially when you've learned that your pride is bad and you start putting steps to kill your pride. Seeing pride is like a red flag. It's hard to fool with a man's pride when you are committed to not have any. It's hard. You don't want to be around prideful people. However, pride is the lens in which a lot of men talk. The way we talk comes from a point of I don't want to. Like, we talk from our pride a lot of times. Men talk with their pride. And pride manifests itself in so many different ways. It's sneaky. Pride is a very, very sneaky, sneaky thing, right? It can, I mean, look, I'm going to tell you, this kind of changed my life, right? The, the one thing that I learned about pride is that pride and confidence are not the same thing. But oftentimes, we talk confidently out of our pride. But confidence can be rooted in anything. Confidence alone is not... Confidence can't sit by itself. Confidence can't sit by itself. Your confidence is rooted in something, Right? So you think about it, right? When Kobe Bryant goes out, RIP Kobe, when Kobe Bryant goes out on, on the court and it's the fourth quarter and it's five minutes left, everybody knows him as clutch, right? But Kobe, in those moments, is not any less confident than he was in the first quarter. Matter of fact, he's probably more confident. But what was his confidence rooted in? His confidence was rooted in his work. His confidence was rooted in, in who he knew he was. Kobe Bryant knew he was a killer. Every time he stepped on the court, Kobe Bryant knew, I'm the best player on the court, and truly believed it. And every night went out there to prove it. Every night. It was rooted in, like his confidence was rooted in his work and who he was. But here's the thing. When we speak out of our pride, it exposes what it's rooted in. So here's an example that I always see floating around the internet, right? You oftentimes hear um, talks about what uh what a emotionally mature man is right they're like man an emotionally mature man he'll leave you on the first go around like an emotional mature man he'll uh you know he don't fool with your emotions like he's not gonna sit around with somebody he won't emotionally relegate with like you hear you hear talk like that on the internet when we're talking about uh emotionally secure men but a lot of those men are just prideful a lot of those men have an awareness of their emotions and put pride in that my pride is in the fact that I understand emotion. My pride is in the fact that I understand what you're feeling. My pride is in the fact that I'm emotionally intelligent. That's a level of pride because your pride is rooted in you. Your pride is still rooted in you. You want to know why I'm speaking like that? Because I was that guy. I'm going to tell you all for real. I was that guy. I mean, in the, in the first episode, I talked about my relationships. But I can, I can sit here and honestly and say that Whoever gets the next version of me gets the best version of me because my ability to love somebody and love a woman is no longer rooted in the fact that I am emotionally intelligent or I know how to love well. It's rooted in the fact that God will call me to love somebody as Christ loved the church, right? We talk about that verse in Ephesians 5. I know this is going all over the place, but y'all going to stick with me. 
we talk about that verse in Ephesians 5. I wrote it down because I forgot my other phone. Uh, and because I record off my phone, I can't just pull up the Bible whenever I want. So I wrote the verses down, and I knew the Holy Spirit was going to work how he ever is going to work. But anyways, we talk about Ephesians 5, and it's that verse in the Bible that says, Wives, submit to your husbands, um, and da 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 And oftentimes, Christian men especially will use that verse as a, as a crux against women. Like, you got to be submitted to me. Like, you got to be submitted to me. But everybody ignores uh, Ephesians 5. Verse 21, I believe it is. It's verse 21 where it says, and be submitted to one another. Like that's a general consensus to the church. Like we as men have to be submitted. There has to be a level of submission. We've already gotten to the submission part, so we're just going to stay here because this is the part that's really sitting in my spirit. Submission as a man is so vital before anybody could submit to you. You have to know how to be submitted. Before anybody ever submits to you. Because if you yourself don't know how to be submitted, what you going to do when somebody is trusting your leadership? Because the trust is now in you. And who are you? Who are you as a man? Right? The pressure is way less when you are submitted to somebody who knows it all. God knows it all. He holds the beginning and the end. He holds your future in your hands. It's not up to you, my boy. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, give you a hope in the future. He has that. He's good on that. You don't got to grind for that. You good, bro. You good. You don't have to grind for that. You don't have to grind for that. That's in God's hands. You just got to be submitted and love well. But anyways, submission as a man is tough. Um, and submission and pride go hand in hand because you can't submit when you're prideful. Right. There is always submission. There's always submission. Right. Jesus had to get baptized by John the Baptist and he was John the Baptist Messiah. But Jesus had to follow the lead of the prophet John the Baptist. He had to follow his lead before he can go and lead others. Right. Like John, Peter, Thomas, all of them, all of them had to be submitted to Christ in order to walk in their full apostolic calling. They couldn't become apostles if they weren't submitted, right? You know what happens when you step outside of covering? You end up like Judas. Judas was a man who walked with Jesus. He walked with Jesus and saw the miracle signs and wonders and still had this lust for money, still had this greed for money, still wanted to get his, <coughs> excuse me, to get his money up. So much so he portrayed the person who was covering him, Right? When I look at my church, this is a church that is dominated by women. It is led by our man of God. And we have men in leadership who are submitted to the man of God, who is in turn submitted to the Holy Spirit and has his spiritual covering, covering us. But it's dominated by women. The majority of the congregation is women. The majority of the worship team is women. Our production team is mostly women. Our guest services is like it's dominated by women, right? Because they have a level of understanding of submission because that's been taught to them. But in the same breath, we need to know how to submit. We need to know how to submit. And you can't submit if you're fooling with pride. So here's my story. When I first got to Love Quest, I was dealing with a lot of church hurt, right? Um, I had some resentment towards the church uh, just because of the way that they handled my parents and my family. And I'm fiercely loyal. Like, I love my people to death. And so the fact that the church that I previously went to messed with my, my mom and my pops and affected their marriage, like I watched it happen, to me that left me with enough church hurt to not want to fool with the church, right? I had had um, some friends come in and they weren't loved well. There were some incidents where, you know, I left, you know, and I had favor in that church, but I left with some church hurt. So when I entered my church, um, I, you know, walked in with the mentality, I'm not here for the people. I'm not here for none of y'all. I'm here for the worship and I'm here for a word and I'm going to dip. That was it. That was it. That's all I came for. And I remember PT reached out to me one point and he just say, yo, like you stick out every time. Every time, you know what I mean? Like, I could tell you an artist. 
I'm an artist too. You know, a lot of artists kind of deal with this orphan spirit and independent spirit. And, you know, we want to teach you how to walk in sonship and be covered. But that's up to you, my dog. Like, you could do, like, that. that's available for you. That actually did something for me. Because the first time that somebody in the church had offered covering, I didn't have the understanding of what covering was. Even though I'd been under covering, I didn't have an understanding of it. And so, for the first, I would say, like, six months, I walked in there with my pride on my sleeve. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't engage with nobody. People thought I was quiet. People thought I was cold-hearted because I did not want to engage with people. But what they were seeing as a cold-hearted individual was actually this warm, relational person who wanted to get to know these people deep down but was scared to let his emotions out. I had a fear of being vulnerable with these people. I had to keep them as I was like. So how did I keep the, how did I protect my, my uh, fear of vulnerability with my pride. My pride was a shield. We use pride as a shield as men. Our pride is just a shield for what we really, really don't want to be exposed, right? And we'll let, the devil will let that pride cover up whatever, whatever he's trying to impart into us because pride will, not ha- will have you not admitting, right? Pride will have you walking in some stuff that for no reason, for no reason you need to be walking in, right? So... Anyways, the first six months was just me going back because I enjoyed the word and I enjoyed the worship. And the worship was just, was moving me. So I wanted to go back. And um, eventually, you know, my pride started to come down slowly as I get to know some of the dudes. Now, here's a funny story. One of my best friends in this world, my boy Adam, swoop, love you to death, dog. Um, both of us have acknowledged this to each other. Like, we, we both have pride issues. We both deal with pride. And not in the sense of, like, we walk around here with pride on our heads now. We are aware of our pride and constantly have to kill it. But we have pride issues, right? So Adam, right, is super dope dude, super friendly, super funny. People love him, has favor, great job. The man's an actor, right? Like, Adam is super dope, super funny, also a relational type of dude where he gets to know people and makes them laugh and whatever else. Now, I walked in, and I'm this dude. Now, I see him, and we got introduced a couple times, but we weren't fooling with each other. Why? Because my pride said, man, if you doing that, then that's your spot. There's no room for me. You see how pride will have you shrinking yourself down? You see how pride will, will have you competing with people you call to be in relationship with? That's what was happening. Me and Adam were walking around the church, and we could have been best of friends from then. But we was walking around looking at each other like, man, we have this, we have this thing where like Adam used to like bump me when he dapped. So he would dap me and then put his elbow out and bump me. So my pride flared up. Instead of being like, yo, I don't like when you bump me. I said, bet, you going to bump me. I'm going <laughs> I'm gonna make sure. So instead of doing the dap with the shoulder in, I would just t- and make sure he is like, pride will have you doing stupid stuff like that, right? And so um, I'll let them come and tell this story. But, you know, PT and my other boy, Troy, have talked about how they were in like a spiritual standoff. Now, both of these dudes are anointed. Obviously, PT is the man of the house. Um, But Troy, under his submission, we watch him. That man is anointed and gifted and he's going to impact nations. But they were in this spiritual standoff where they just kind of looked at each other, man. And Troy had a lot of pride he had to deal with. And PT had some stuff that he was dealing with. He said this on platform. And now they're walking in this, this new level of relation where they're having conversation, letting the spirit flow between them, and it's beautiful. Now imagine all that, having a spiritual standoff with somebody with nothing on the line. That's what me and Adam were doing. Stupidest thing ever. We would just look at each other for no reason, right? And then, you know, eventually Adam went off. He, had a, he was filming a show at the time. He came back, and at one point he said, you know, I'm I'm going out to Toronto. Now I used to live in Toronto. I was like, hey, so what you what you what you know about Owens? And he's like, man, what you know about Owens? I said, dog, what you know about that jerk chicken sandwich? He said, I'm gonna have to try it. I said, bet. Let me know when you do. He said, I bet. And suddenly we were best friends. Like pride was so stupid, it stopped us from having a friendship up until that point. And all we needed to be friends was to understand that we both loved our chicken. Like, that's, that's how stupid pride is. But pride will have you doing stupid stuff like that. Pride is just a shield. Pride is this shield. 
uh, it, it, it masks the thing that you're actually afraid of, right? So if you're scared of being vulnerable, if you're scared of your emotions, you'll put pride over it. Man, I'm a man. Like, you'll say stuff like, man, I'm a man. I don't cry. Why don't you cry? That's not an issue. Crying is a normal human reaction. And we've deduced it to one side of God's image. It's different, right? It's different when I say it like that. Because if I said, like, man, we've deduced crying to a feminine trait. Suddenly, you don't want to embody that. Nor should you. Because you're not called to be a feminine person. You're not called to that. You're called to be the man God called you to. But crying doesn't make you feminine. Like Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Jesus was the ultimate model of a man and he wept. We've deduced a normal human reaction to one side of God's image. The Bible said he created man. Man and woman in his image. A man and a woman coming together is the fulfillment of God's image. It is the fullness of it. And we just crying to one side of God's image. And we refuse to embody it. That's what pride will have us doing. Pride will have us doing so much stupid stuff, man. My pride had me jacked up. My pride had me thinking I could do things by myself. My pride had me thinking that I could walk this earth by myself and I don't need nobody. You are not that strong, man. You barely holding it together. You might have the money. You might have the girl. But how's your soul? How's your soul? Are you at peace? Do you have joy? You got love in your life? How's your soul? I read this. Some, somebody said this or I read this somewhere. But somebody said the reason why your flesh and your spirit always fighting is because your spirit knows it's going to etern eternity. And your flesh knows it's got to stay here. So your flesh is trying to get all it can get, and your spirit is trying to store up treasures in heaven. We got to focus on our soul health, fellas. Our soul needs help. Our soul needs help. And your soul needs you to get healthy. It needs you. Your family needs you to be healthy. Your family needs you to love. Your family can't afford you to have pride. Your pride will kill your pride will kill you. And I, I have such a heart and a burden for this because I've seen how far pride could have taken me. I've seen how far pride caused me damage. I've seen how far trying to do things on my own and be my own man and only be around people who had that same mentality. I've seen what that does to you. It destroys your soul. You're not happy inside. Your image is great, but your soul is not. And one thing as men that we got to start focusing on is start stop focusing less on our image and more on our being. When you really look at some of the stuff that we do as men, it's for our image. It's not for us. It's not for what God has created in us. It's for our image, not our being. And God is way more concerned about our being than our image. Bible says that. It's when David was getting anointed king and Samuel looked and saw all the brothers taller, more handsome, more hair, whatever. And God said, ignore their outward appearance, for God looks at the heart. That's what God's looking at is, yo, what's inside, bro? Like, pride got to go. Pride has to go. You Like, oh, I feel this so strongly. You cannot be the man you want to be if there is pride in the way. Because the man that you want to be is on the other side of submission. It's on the other side of it. What God has called you to do, your purpose, all on the other side of submission. It starts with God, man. You got to know you a son first and foremost, and you will never know that if you got pride. Let's go to the story of the prodigal son. I just thought about this. Story of the prodigal son, you think about the son. He said, Father, give me my inheritance. Give me my inheritance now. What was that speaking? That's his pride, man. That's his pride. Father, I know what to do with the money you saved up for me. You want to make that more relatable? Father, I know what to do with the ability that you gave me. Father, I, I know how to love this woman that, that, that you gave me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 God, I, I know you got plans for me, and I know that, like, you would never call me to something that you didn't want to walk with me. Yeah, but, but yeah, girl, but yeah, God, I know what to do with this church that you gave me. 
pride will have you thinking that it's on you. When it's not. It's not. Pride is such a killer of the mandem, bro. Pride is a killer of the mandem. And I only feel so strongly about this because I had to, I really had to kill my pride. I was at the altar crying my eyes out. I watched mighty men of God who I look up to cry at the altar, really break down, confess sins to one another. I watched that happen. And you know what I've seen out of that? Strength. There's strength in your emotions, fellas. There is strength in being vulnerable. That's why the quiet part is so essential. My heart for this for this podcast, ladies, I love you, but my heart for this podcast is for the men, especially you young men. Talking to you like the 16 to 22 year olds right now. My heart is for y'all. I want you guys to know who you are before anything. I want you guys to know that you are a son and anything comes out of sonship, bro. Anything else comes out of the love that God has for you as a son. But you got to be willing to kill your pride. You got to be willing to kill your pride. Pride will kill you if you don't kill it. And that's an intentional act. You don't just wake up one day prideless. You got to go after it. You got to decide you got to decide every day to kill your pride. And on the other side of that there's fruit. On the other side of that there's rest for your soul. There's so many men out here who look stoic and look like they have it all together and look like they 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 look like what the world has told them a man should be and their souls are dying inside bro like internally you are not happy you are not at peace you wrestle in the night you don't sleep well when you're by yourself you don't like it cuz your brain rolls you have no one to talk to you do, you are scared you're scared there's so many men out, you're just scared And you're covering it in your pride. You can't do nothing about the things that you're doing until you put your pride down and say, I need help. Until you put your pride down and say, Jesus, I need you. The act of acknowledging you need Jesus is an act of humility. And this, oh my gosh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Elder John said something to me one time. Shout out to Elder John. Elder John said something to me one time. He said... Pride is telling God what you think you are. Humility is walking in exactly what God says you are. So confidence is not the opposite of humility. Confidence is not the opposite of humility. Pride is. Because pride will also have you saying stuff like, nah, man, nah, that, that wasn't me. That was just God. What? You preached the house down, my brother. You sang that song. You made that car. You did that. All glory go to God, but he don't mind you getting the credit. But pride will manifest itself in so many different ways. You can't even acknowledge who God made you to be. But generally, the struggle with pride is we try to define who we are. And you don't have to. There's a definition waiting for you. But that's on the other side of the humility of walking exactly who God says you are. And the truth is, we are not self-sufficient enough to do all the things that you want to do. You can try. And God is so gracious, he'll let you. But you can't do it by yourself. And it's on the other side of killing your pride. It's an intentional act. And I pray you do it one day. I pray you do it one day. That was supposed to be the pride section, but we kind of touched on all three things. Like, let's talk about submission. Let's talk about submission. Um, the idea of submission is funny because, again, because of pride and whatever else that we're dealing with, we, we as men naturally don't want to submit. It's a, it's a foreign thing to us. It's not a natural act for us, but we are called to do so. We are called to submit, right? I referenced this earlier, but Ephesians 5, before it ever talks about well, how wives should submit to their husband, it talks about how people should be submitted 
to their church. Ephesians 5. Go read it. Right before it goes in the section, wives, submit to your husbands and whatever else. Submission is so necessary as men. It's so necessary. Right? And, you know, the way the world has gone, like, you can tell, like, men need our fathers. And sometimes our biological fathers just aren't there. Now, glory be to God, I have a great dad. My father is phenomenal, right? But my father raised me for 18 years, and he trained up a child in the way he should go. But now I'm on my own. I'm outside. I'm not in his house no more. So I'm me not being in his house, I still need guidance, and I can still call my father and talk to him about everything. But I also need spiritual guidance. My father needs a spiritual father. I need a spiritual father. And we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate, ultimate Father, right, that has been given to us because the Holy Spirit is the one that talks to the Father and then guides us in all truth. But we need, we need to be submitted to other men to lead us. We need to be discipled. Submission for discipleship bears all the fruit that we ever need, Right? And you could try to do it on your own and you could be very successful on your own. But I'm telling you, it don't matter if you're solely healthy. And submission, I promise you, it's the best thing I ever did. Submission. Before this podcast ever launched, I texted my pastor and said, yo, PC, I'm thinking about launching this podcast. What you think? And he told me what he thought. This didn't launch without his, without his acknowledgement. This didn't launch without his, let's go. This didn't launch without that. Submission is vital, and not because of a control thing, but for a guidance thing. When you're submitted to somebody whose life reflects the type of life you want to live, you ask for their their guidance and you submit it, and their word holds weight in your life. If God calls you to a church, and God calls you to the leadership of that church, submit. Submission is hard and it's weird and it's ugly and it's foreign and there's going to be times where your pride flares up. But submission ultimately bears more fruit than anything ever could. Discipleship bears more fruit than anything ever could. If we look at the Great Commission in the Bible, it says go and make disciples of all nations. How are you supposed to make disciples you don't even know how to be discipled? How are you going to be a great leader you didn't even know how to be led? You need that perspective and you need that time cultivating, learning about your gifts and learning about your leadership and learn how you going to do all that. And you ain't even spent the time to cultivate who you are as a person. You learn about your style of a leadership being led. That don't mean you got to like everything they do. That don't mean you got to agree with everything that they say. But it does mean that you are submitted to their leadership and you're not trusting in the person. You're trusting in the God that sent you to that person. Submission is so vital. Being discipled is one of the best things I ever did for myself. Right? Being discipled is what creates the environment for you to disciple people. Right? Like you don't got to do it on your own. Not only do you have God, but God gives you pastors after your own heart. We need more men submitted in the church. Let's talk about it. I bet you if I bet you watching this podcast right now, there's a bunch of churches out there who is totally dominated like women. I bet you there is churches just out there flooded with women. Flooded. Because men don't want to submit. You see the pastor on stage and think there's no room for you because that's where you want to be. In my father's house, there's many rooms, and he has one just for you. So just because you see a man with a platform doesn't mean that God foresaw yours. Maybe this is your time to learn. Maybe this is your David under Saul moment. You know, everybody talks about how David was anointed king, but guess what David did after he got anointed king? He went back to tending sheep. So maybe, yeah, you do know you have that call in your life. Yeah, maybe you do know you're called to be a CEO. Yeah, you're called to be a pastor of a church. Yeah, you're called to be a worship leader. Yeah, you're called to be an artist. Yeah, you're called to be an architect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't, that, that's not void because you're under submission. 
But maybe, maybe God is calling you to submission so that you can actually walk in the fullness of what you know you're supposed to be. Just because you're not everything right now does not mean you're not anything right now. Oh, I felt that, Holy Ghost. We oftentimes, submission is hard because we oftentimes feel like we're, we're, we're trapped in a box. And God forgot about us. No, he didn't forget about you, brother. He's actually so mindful of you. He's so mindful of you, he won't even let you get on a platform before you kill your pride. He's so mindful of you, he won't even let you walk in that thing that you think you want to do by yourself. Just because you're not everything does not mean you're not anything. David was anointed king and then went back to being a shepherd and then was called to play the harp and then was called to be an armor bearer and then got chased out by the very man he and still submitted, still submitted. David is... David was so submitted, so, so submitted, even when Saul lost his way, he still let his word hold weight in his life. That's true submission. Be submitted. Be accountable. Have people in your life that you can call on and say, hey, I'm actually really struggling. Submission is hard because it requires vulnerability. And vulnerability is scary. I get it. Because exposure is scary. But I'm going to tell y'all something for free. Being vulnerable is way easier when you actually like what's getting exposed. I like the fact that y'all can see me because I like who I am. The only reason you don't want people to know what's really going on with you is because it exposes who you really are. And that image that you've built up for yourself comes crashing down when you're submitted to somebody and your pride dies. When you like what's being exposed, you have no problem putting it on display. When you want to get rid of the sin in your heart or the struggles in your heart or the things that you think were holding it together, when you want to get rid of those, you don't mind those getting exposed. You only fear being exposed when you don't like what's being exposed. I just don't like people in my business. No, you don't like the business that's being exposed. Man, not everybody needs to know everything. True, but certain people do. And you not telling them that is because you're scared of what's on the other side of that. You know what else is scary about vulnerability? You lose control. And let's be real. We as men, we love control. We love to know that we have it together. We love that. Fellas, you ever, you ever heard your girl say like, man, when, 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 you know, when I'm around you, my brain just shut off. You ever heard that and your ego get a little boost? You ever heard that before? Yeah, that's because you, you like knowing you're in control. But even that unsubmitted is scary. You become the monster you claim you don't want to be. You're only scared to be vulnerable because you don't like what's being exposed. But it's time to be vulnerable. That's why, that's, hey, that's why when you get on the internet and you see the discourse going around talking about, how women are so emotional and da-da-da-da, no emotional gratification. Part of that might be true. But part of that also might just be jealous of the fact that they know how to express emotion. We don't know how. Expressing emotion feels foreign to us. It's got to be a big deal. Yo, fellas, I just, I just got to, you know, I just got to tell y'all something for real. Like, you know, me and me old girl broke up, but it's fine, though. I'm going to just drink this bottle. And we're going to be all right. Let's get outside. Let's get around some women. Hmm? I'm telling you, bro. It's so much better on the other side of killing your pride and being submitted. Like having a man in your life who you can look at and say, yo, I actually need your guidance. Your life is where I want it to be. How did you get there? What was the work you had to do? And felt, oh man, she could buy. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fellas, the other thing about this life is that because we are tripart beings, what the world wants you to focus on is the one that's here, the body. And it ignores the mind and the soul. Your mind is where your emotions are wrapped up, where your thoughts are wrapped up. Your soul is where your spirit lies. If you really want to start healing so you can get to a point 
where you can walk and be discipled so that you can later on disciple and walk in everything God has called you to do, it starts with your spirit. Your soul health is first. Your mental health is next. Now, always take care of your physical health. But if your soul and your mind are healthy, your body will follow because it happens in the spiritual before it happens in the natural. I'm telling you, man, submission is the thing that changed my life forever. It changed my life forever. We need it. As men, we need it. We need it. What's the verse? 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke as childish ways. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. You know what childish things are? It's not being able to express your emotions. You know what happens when kids cry? Kids just cry and cry and cry because they actually don't know how to express the thing that they're feeling. I'm hungry, so I'll cry. I'm tired, so I'll cry. I want attention, so I'll cry. And it's all the same cry. That's a childish way. Man, I'm sad, so I'll bottle it up. I'm angry, so I'll bottle it up. I'm upset, so I'll bottle Childish ways. Childish ways. Time to let go of childish ways. If we as men want to grow and we want to get to where we want to be, we got to put away childish things. If you're going to be a man, a real man, as God has defined a man, then you put away childish things. You know what childishness is? Thinking I could do it by myself. You know what childishness is? It's thinking that it's all on your shoulders. That's childish. Whatever the world has defined your manhood as, I pray right now that you let the Holy Spirit inform who you are. So ultimately, the question that's going to come from this is like, man, like I put down my pride and then I got submitted. But, but what is a man? You know what a man? A man is defined by God. A man is an image, image bearer of God's glory. That's where it starts at. First and foremost, we are sons of God. We are sons. That's the most important identity that you can have. Being a man is defined by your sonship. Being a man is defined by what type of son you are. Because you're a son to something. You are a son to something. You are a son to either God or this world. You trying to get some money? That's the world's currency. You trying to win souls? That's heaven's currency. But who are you submitted to? And who is your sonship rooted out of? Your sonship defines where your treasure is. Right? Where your heart is so your treasure will be also. So who you give your heart to is where your treasure goes. Right? But everything got to be rooted out of sonship. Ultimately, you cannot know anything else that you are until you know you're a son of God. If you don't know you're a son, you can find out everything else. But the minute that identity gets shaky, suddenly you don't know who you are. Right? You go through a breakup and you question your whole identity. Man, I thought I was a good boyfriend. Man, I thought I was a good partner. Man, I thought I'd be a great husband. But if we broke up, that means I can't be those things, right? Because your identity was rooted in you. Right? You're an athlete and you get injured. Suddenly you can't play the sport you love. Man, I was dropping buckets on these fools and now I can't even do that. Man, I, man like I'm going through rehabbing right now, but... They, they winning games without me. Do they even need me, bro? Like, your identity was rooted in what you do. Your identity can't be rooted in anything you do. Because the minute you can't do that thing, your identity gets stripped from it too. Your identity can't be rooted in anything that can go away. And there's only one eternal thing. That's Jesus. That's it. That's all. At the end of this thing, man, you need to know two things. One, that Jesus loves you. And he died for you. And he rose again for you. And the Father loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. And you are a son. And number two, always jerk chicken is the best sandwich you've ever had. If you live in the Toronto area, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, for real. You need to know your identity as a man. Anything else I could tell you, like I could sit here and I could tell you like, Man, the Bible says this about being a husband and being like this and being a father. But none of that matters if you don't know that you're a son. 
You need to know you're a son. I don't care if your daddy left you. You're a son. I don't care if he walked out on you. You're a son. I don't care if he disowned you. You're a son. I don't, oh, I'm going to cry. I don't care if y'all fight. You're a son. I don't care what your daddy did to you. You're a son. I don't care if you hate your daddy. You're a son. Because no matter what your earthly father did, no matter what your earthly father did, you're a son. Because just because your father failed to love you the way the father called him to does not mean that you lost your sonship. Stop walking around like an orphan. You're not an orphan. You're a son. You're a son. I don't care if you're adopted. You're a son. I don't care if you don't know who your real dad is. You're a son. I don't care if you do know who your dad is and you don't want to be like that man. You're a son. You're a son, king. You're a son, my man. You're a son. And the father is waiting with you for open arms. You are desired and you are wanted. You are loved. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're a leader. You're a great man. You're powerful. And you're a son. You are truly a son. And nothing on this earth, nothing you do, nothing that you failed at, nothing that you succeeded in, there is absolutely nothing that can change the fact that you are a son. Stop trying to earn it. Stop trying to earn the respect. Stop trying to earn the affection. Stop, stop trying to earn it. You're a son. You are a son. You are a son. And the father said, you are my son who I am well pleased with. You deserve the finest robe that the father can throw on you. But that's at home. So to the man that I'm watching this, I know this was a little bit random and sporadic. But really my heart is in this. Number one, you are a son. And know that that's your identity. Number two, submit to some men that you know are submitted to the Holy Spirit. And know can guide you into all truth. And truly submit. Let their word hold weight in your life. Let their wisdom flow into you. Grab onto it. And don't let it go. That's a gift from God. That God would send men after his own heart to guide you. And number three, kill your pride. Because your pride will kill you. There's no cool outro. Bye, y'all.